It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. And of course, I'm live right now following every Carolina Panthers game, including... Today's victory, 30-24 to on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. If you've ever missed a live show over on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe so you don't miss a live show, that's okay. You can always check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And also, be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday... Unless it's a holiday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% entry deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. The Carolina Panthers 30, the Seattle Seahawks 24. The Carolina Panthers have finally won a game on the road, the first time since winning in Arizona last November in 2021. The first time winning back to back games. Since they won week three on Thursday Night Football in Houston, it's been a very long time since we've been able to have back-to-back Panther Victory Podcast here on a Sunday on Locked on Panthers, and I am fired up. The Panthers finally did it, man. Steve Wilkes spent all week talking about my team has to find that playoff mentality, that they have to do something they have not done all year long, which is win on the road and win back-to-back games before we can even talk about playoffs. And he's a guy who wants to take it week to week. His team needed to go on the road and beat a good team. And the Seattle Seahawks, now at 7-6, and six, are right there on the playoff bubble as far as the wild card race goes. And the division might be gone for them after San Francisco beat the brakes off of the Bucs. And we'll talk about the implications of that loss for Tampa as far as it means Carolina's playoff hopes moving forward in the final four weeks of the season shortly. But the Panthers need to go on the road and need to beat a good football team. They had one of the worst remaining schedules in the league, which can be played out to their advantage, but they need to get, beat a good football team. We've seen what happens when they played good football teams this year, getting embarrassed against Cincinnati, getting embarrassed at home in Matt Rule's final game against the San Francisco 49ers. This team needed to go on the road in a hostile environment 
where, look, when that game's going on, I love watching Seahawks games because that crowd is always fired up. You don't always get that on Sundays, but I was fired up about this game knowing that the crowd is going to be electric, the Seahawks need to win, and the Panthers also need a win to stay alive in the playoffs. And I told you on Monday that this, to me, felt like one of the biggest Panther games that we've had in a long time. Since David Tepper took over ownership of this team, there have not been very many Sundays like this Sunday that felt big. And like the remaining Sundays, next Sunday against Pittsburgh, big game because the Panthers need to win if they want to be a playoff team. The week after that against Detroit, the same case. And of course, at Tampa and at New Orleans to end of the year. But today was one of the bigger games this franchise has played in recent memory as far as like the last four or five years because we have not had very many highs. And they came out swinging. You wondered what this team would look like coming out of the bye week. We know under the previous coaching staff, you probably shouldn't expect anything at all. But under this coaching staff, aside from the debacle in Cincinnati a month ago, this team knows who they are. And they came out with a 13-play, 43-yard drive that took up 7 minutes and 55 seconds of the game clock. Yes, it only ended with a field goal, but they set the tone early in what they wanted to do, establishing the run and that they were going to control the line of scrimmage and time of possession throughout the afternoon there in Seattle on the very first Seahawks play following that Eddie Pinheiro field goal. Geno Smith, who has been excellent this year, has been a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and has resurrected his career up in Seattle through a pick to J.C. Horn. And on the very next play, Sam Darnold hits Shai Smith on a shallow cross underneath 10-zip Panthers. Who is this team? I'm tweeting out at Julian Council. What is that strange feeling that's overcoming me? that I'm actually enjoying watching the Carolina Panthers play football. This is the kind of Panthers team I hope that we would see this season when the season started. But as we know, the last guy cannot get this kind of performance out of his players. But this man now, Steve Wilkes, the head ball coach here in Carolina, at least on an interim basis right now, and of course, we're going to get into that. He has these guys locked in. So locked in, the Carolina Panthers were up 17-0. 17 nothing before the Seahawks even drew blood in this game. Now the momentum kind of shifted. Going to the half, Seattle is only down 20-14. to 14. Tyler Lockett, who I told you earlier this week, I love watching that dude play, had one of his signature, just find a way to get underneath the ball, get the toe drag swag in there to pull the momentum to Seattle, going to the half, and knowing the Seahawks will get the football right back out of the half. They go down, they get a field goal, Panthers defense, you're starting to be concerned. Guys like T.J. Carey, who when you have injuries like Xavier Woods, who is out for the game, you have injuries like Dante Jackson, we have to start playing the Justin Burrises, the T.J. Carey's of the world, and of course C.J. Henderson, who had a big play with the interception, you can be kind of leaky when they have t- players like Tyler Lockett and like D- D.K. Metcalf and even Marquise Goodwin had a good game. But this Panthers defense stood tall when the offense came out of the half and they were struggling. You go three and out on that first offensive possession in the second half. Sam Darnold, we saw multiple times in this game, back-to-back drives where he had an opportunity to run the ball and pick up the first down on third down, but decided going to throw it down the field. Doesn't get a completion to to Stephon Sullivan. They punt it. Panthers defense gets another stop. And that was so consequential in this game that this defense, at times we've talked about, they get tired, they fall apart, the miscommunications, the blown assignments that we saw in the secondary at periods of time in the first half, that went away there in the second half when they made back-to-back big stops. And, of course, one of them that was huge was right after the Panthers go down the field, have a 14-play drive. They have first and goal at the three-yard line. You just ran it without hesitation 
on fourth down and inches with um, Deontay Foreman. Your thought, at least my thought was, run it in, four plays, this should be easy. Pass, pass, Darnold should have ran, but he passed, and a fourth down pass, which was the only option at that point in time. The Panthers turn it over on downs, and I'm wondering myself, this team has built its identity on trying to demoralize its opponent at the line of scrimmage, dominating the trenches, that fast physical football defensively and offensively leaning on the run game. Why on God's green earth Ben McAdoo and even Steve Wilkes, who talked about it after the game, that in hindsight, like they felt like they could have done something there and that Sam could have ran it, but they were fine doing that. You went away from your identity. You went away from it, and it cost you. But the defense came back, made plays, got the offensive football, and they went right down the field with Raheem Blackshear and with uh, Chuba Hubbard and even Sam Darnold and a little bit of LaVishka Chenault sprinkled in there. Eight runs, two passes, touchdown, up 27-17. And at that point in time, it's game over to me. The Panthers were not going to lose this game. They went out there and did exactly what I spent all week talking to you all about that they would do. The Seahawks are soft. In the NFL, when you're a grown man, you got another man in front of you, you're trying to impose your will on him. And to get pushed week after week like they do in the run game, they're a soft football team. That is straight up. Steve Wilkes' football team is not soft. They're the opposite of it, especially the way they've run the football since he took over. I told y'all. Seattle, 31st in the league going into today, allowing 155.3 yards per game on the ground. The Panthers and Steve Wilkes took over, averaging 136 and 196 in their run and in, in their wins. What did they run for today? 46 carries, 223 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. And honestly, it actually was 45 and then like 255 or 225 and five yards per carry. But you have to kneel down. They ran all over this team all day long. They dominated the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively. Seattle can't run it anyways, and when they tried, they couldn't do it. And they got pressure on Geno Smith. Didn't do it a period of time in the first half, but they started to get to him. Frankie Louva was all over the place. No surprise there. Shaq Thompson, who also played football, his college football there in the state of Washington, right there in Seattle at UW. He had a great game. It was quiet for Brian Burns, but he got some pressures in there as well. This team, J.C. Horn, they were excellent today defensively. Yeah, they might have had some issues, but that's going to happen. They get paid too. But overall, the tougher team, the more physical team, the team that wanted it more were the Carolina Panthers. Four separate offensive drives of 10-plus plays. Time of possession, 39 minutes and 16 seconds. Completely different team than what we saw when Steve Wilkes took over, what, nine weeks ago here in Carolina following the 1-4 and four start. This was a game that they had to have. This was a game where they needed to announce themselves and to establish that, yes, we are contenders in this division in the final four weeks. And the Carolina Panthers went out and did that against a team in Seattle. That's a good team, a soft team, especially when it comes to trying to stop the run. And the Panthers dominated them throughout the game. I know 30-24 doesn't feel like it. we saw the game. At no point was it really ever in doubt, especially when the defense found a way to make some stops there in the third quarter. One of the bigger ones Panthers have had in a long-ass time, and I'm fired up about it. You can be mad about where they're going to be draft position-wise. What is the point of all of this if not to win football games and get into the dance and have an opportunity? Do I think they're Super Bowl contenders? No, of course not. But this team, at this point in time, I feel like they can beat everybody on their schedule moving forward, and it's not like the NFC has a ton of – I mean, Philly looks good. Philly looks good. This Panthers team, I think they can line up against anybody right now in the NFC and go out there and compete with them. 
Quarterback play, real average. Sam's gone out there and done what he needed to do. But that offensive line, that run game, that right now is carrying day for the Carolina Panthers, opposite of them also with that defense. They're finally playing complimentary football, something that we have been begging for. And they have found an identity over the last couple of weeks. Sam Darnold talked about that following the game. Steve Wilkes has talked about that. When he came here, he was going to do it his way, and he's doing it his way. And right now the Panthers are 5-8. and eight and one game back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who got absolutely smoked by the 49ers on Sunday, and they're right there in position. If they went out, they are going to the playoffs. So I am fired up about it. All right, let me take a quick pause, and let's break it down. Because, as I've said, they're right in it as far as the divisional standings, and tiebreakers, too, are looking good for the Carolina Panthers. All that coming up here in just a moment here on Locked on Panthers. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event birthday or holiday find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point a to point b test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life many tour hosts can even deliver the car right to you every trip is backed by liability insurance terms conditions and exclusions apply forget boring rental cars and find your drive at turo.com this episode of Locked on Panthers is also brought to you by our friends over at Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion available right now on as a bonus episode on Locked on Presents. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from <laughs> Russell Wilson in Audible. Russ is a champion on the field. Not this season, but off of it, we rarely know the grind on the path to greatness. Russell Wilson alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Moad digs into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. Each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. Head over to the Lockdown Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. So the Carolina Panthers finally go on the road, finally get a win against a team with a winning record. And what? Their first road win since last year, November against Arizona, like I said earlier. Their first back-to-back win since week two and week three of the 2021 season when they started out 3-0. It's been a long time since the Carolina Panthers have been in the position where they're playing meaningful football in December. Remember the last guy you coached here talking about, we want to play meaningful games. Okay, they didn't play meaningful games until right now under Steve Wilkes, who has done a remarkable job turning whatever this football team was two and a half months ago into what they are today. And what they are today is a team that is a serious contender in the NFC South. After Tampa, I don't even know what the final score was. I saw they were down 35 to nothing, and that Brock Purdy, Brocktober, Mr. Irrelevant, is out there dicing them up. Debo Samuel, unfortunately, got carted off the field there. Christian McCaffrey, as we know, doing his thing. 35 to 7. 49ers embarrassed the Bucs. Bucs now 6 and 7 on the year. Tom Brady, pff, terrible game through two interceptions. The Bucs, not a good football team. 
the Falcons, who are on a bye, they're five and eight. The New Orleans Saints, who are also terrible, they're four and nine. The Carolina Panthers are five and eight. And when you look at those four teams, and the rest of the leagues and look at the NFC South, especially if they don't pay attention or really watch that many games, they're going to look at scores and look at what happened to Tampa today and be like, that division sucks. And I'm not going to sit here and argue that this is not that this is a bad division. Obviously, it's a bad division. This division, the AFC South, both not good divisions. But when you look at the four teams right now, which of those tr- teams is actually trending up? It sure as hell is not Tampa, who has to go play at Cincinnati next week, or it's either at Cincinnati or at home, but they've got to play the Bengals next week. It's not the Falcons, and it's definitely not New Orleans. Those, of those four teams, the team that is trending upwards are the Carolina Panthers, who just won on the road in Seattle, who have now won back-to-back games and have won three straight at home, and they come back home on Sunday to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, who stink. And I know Kenny Pickett suffered a concussion, so we'll see where his health is throughout the week. But if it's not Pickett, it's Mitch Trubisky. Either way, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, both of those guys should have an awful afternoon facing this Carolina Panthers defense. And hopefully, fingers crossed, in a crowd that can have way more Panther fans than Steelers fans, especially knowing the Steelers stink and the Panthers have something to play for at this point in time. It's real simple, y'all. The Carolina Panthers, if they win out, meaning 9-8, and eight, they are the NFC South division champions. It's that simple. I talked earlier this week saying that the easiest way for what they needed to do was just to win out, get to 9-8, and eight, and then see what happens with Tampa Bay. Tampa loses to San Francisco today. It does not matter what happens with Atlanta. Panthers, 1-1 against, against the Falcons. Of course, already beat New Orleans. We'll play them in Week 18. As long as Carolina takes care of their business, they're in good shape. All they need to do is win next week against Pittsburgh, Beat a Lions team, which is not going to be a gimme. The Lions got a good offense. That is actually a competitive football team that might be playing themselves in the wild card race here at the NFC. And even if things might falter at some point in time, the Panthers might find a way with the weak NFC to still be in it at the end. But the easiest way, as we know, is to win out against a bad Steelers team, a Lions team that, while competitive, has a losing record, and against a Bucks team who you can beat and you already embarrassed this year and got embarrassed on Sunday today – against the 49ers, and against a New Orleans Saints team, that is a complete joke. The Panthers can absolutely do that. <clears throat> in Tampa and New Orleans, they both play in Week 18, so one of those teams is bound to lose another game. Of course, you'd probably prefer it to be Tampa. But looking at all the tiebreakers, I mean, the Panthers went out, they get a tiebreaker, even if Tampa ends up winning the rest of the games because they would be 2-0 against Tampa Bay. If there was somehow a three-way tie, which I don't even know it's possible, the, Pan- the Panthers are going to have a better record when it comes combined against Tampa and Atlanta. And when it's just also, when you look at it too, if it got to the second tiebreaker with that, the Panthers are going to have a better division record. Just went out and you're in. Win and you're in the playoffs. I understand there's going to be angst about, okay, well, what do we do now? Like, How are we going to find a quarterback at this point in time? And I'm going to sit here and act like Sam Darnold lit the world on fire. I was kind of laughing after the game, seeing that Fox decided to talk to him. I was like, you don't need to talk to him. You need to go grab all five of those dudes on the offensive line. You need to go talk to Ike Iquanu. You need to go talk to Brady Christensen. You need to go talk to Bradley Bozeman. You need to go talk to Austin Corbett. You need to go talk to Taylor Moten. Go talk to those dudes. You can talk to Chuba Hubbard, too. You can talk to Raheem Blockshear. You can also go out there and talk to Deontay Foreman. You don't need to talk to the quarterback because it's not like he went out there and really did anything other than did not cost the team the game. And at this point in time, that's all you really need from Sam Darnold. At some point, certainly, if they get to January, he's going to have to give more than 14-24 for 120 yards and a touchdown. 
And he had two sacks. He gave, he had, he's got sacked twice. One of them certainly should have got rid of the football, and he didn't make the right play a couple of times, as we talked about. Should have ran it on that third down in the first drive of the, of the second half. And, and then on the second drive, when it was third and goal, should have ran it in there. Panthers also should have lined up to run the football instead anyways, considering they were dominating the Seahawks in the line of scrimmage. But they're getting enough out of Sam Darnold. They're getting enough at him. We see what the formula is at this point in time. So, yes, I know you're going to be concerned about how we're going to get a quarterback if we keep winning games we get in the position where we're not going to be able to draft somebody. I totally understand that. But this football team needs to have a taste of the playoffs. This football team needs to actually have an identity. You can bring in a quarterback, but if you don't have the right coaching staff and you don't have the right infrastructure and you have guys who don't know how to win because they're finding out how to win. It's still a young football team for the first time is actually finding success, and they're still only 5-8, and eight, so they still have to win out. But I would rather a team that's competitive and in the playoffs than a team that's complete garbage and sitting in the top five because while that might offer hope, all that says is that you got a crap roster. And as I've been saying over the last couple of weeks, if the Panthers are in the top five, that's not a good thing. Because it means that they have way more problems than that's just that quarterback. And we've seen over the last couple of weeks, they fix how to stop the run. Yeah, they're, they're banged up in the secondary, but they made enough plays. Like what we saw from J.C. Horn and even from C.J. Henderson, who's often the line for how bad he's played. And I had someone DM me asking, hey, how many yards is C.J. Henderson going to give up today? C.J., had a fine performance. Made a big play that the Panthers absolutely needed. And I know Geno Smith certainly, <laughs> excuse me, Probably, I don't even know. Looking back at it, they never gave a good enough angle on the Fox broadcast. It looked like the Panthers jumped offside. Don't know. Geno certainly felt like they should have been a free play. Don't care. The break went the Carolina Panthers' way. They made the play that they needed, and they went out there got off the field. So this team, very simply, win and you are in. Now, I'll also say this, though. If you want Steve Wilkes to be your head coach, you should want the Panthers to win out. Because if Steve Wilkes doesn't you know went out I mean because they don't went out he's probably not your head coach and you're bringing a new head coach and of course a new quarterback now we'll see how the quarterback situation works out there's plenty of time to discuss that but we're getting real serious here as far as Steve Wilkes candidacy to be the full-time head coach here in Carolina four and four right now since taking over in week six and this is a completely different ball club than what we saw when Matt Rule was here we'll break it all down here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do, let's talk about our friends over at prizepicks.com. So how does prize picks work? Prize picks, you pick two to five players and they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You go up to 10 times your money on any entry, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. Pfft funny money being passed out there this past weekend the nhl pga tour college football men's and women's college basketball soccer world cup semifinals on tuesday and wednesday cricket and so much more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states in canada Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. If you deposit $7, they'll give you $7. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. When you download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com today. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's talk about it. Steve Wilkes, Charlotte man, West Charlotte Lion, Dub C, went to App State, coached here in, I don't know if I want to call it the glory days, but some of the best days that we've ever seen here in franchise history. The Panthers going to the playoffs four out of five seasons under Ron Rivera when Luke Kiku was here, when Cam Newton was here, when Greg Olson, all of these players who will once one day go in the Hall of Honor, Ring of Honor, I don't know what the hell they call it. It's one of those two. All those players are here. Steve Wilkes was here when we really knew what keep pounding meant. And that certainly got lost with the way the Panther and the brand and the process and seven years and the stupid Jay-Z references from the past guy that was here in Carolina. But all that nonsense went out the window. Steve Wilkes told us when he took over the job, following Matt Rule's dismissal after the embarrassing loss at home against San Francisco, that he had 13 weeks. Didn't know how what was going to happen, how long he would be here, but he said, I, I got 13 weeks. I'm going to do it my way. Got rid of players that Robbie Anderson had no business being here. And that were bad culture guys and were offering absolutely nothing on the field. Got rid of coaches that he didn't feel like needed to be here. And Ed Foley and Steve Wilkes and Paul Pascaloni and others who were eventually going to follow Matt Rule. Let him go. He said, I don't care. Go. I don't need you here in my organization. We're going to do it my way. We're going to get back to what this team was, what this franchise was when I was here the first time around. He showed these guys highlights of those divisional battles against Tampa, against New Orleans, against Atlanta during that period of time in 2013 when they went 12-4 and and won the division and were the second seed in the NFC. In 2014, we're very similar to this year. They got off to a bad start. They were 3-8-1, then reeled off four straight wins to win the division and to win a playoff game at home against a Ryan Lindley-led Arizona Cardinals team, and then to go to Seattle and to push that team to the brink in a divisional round. He talked about a playoff mentality this week. He's cut out all the nonsense. Don't worry about what's going on the out, in, out on the outside. We're going to focus on us. We're going to circle the wagons. We're going to play the kind of football that we need to play. We're going to find an identity. We're going to run the football. We're going to win at the line of scrimmage. Because he talks about, in this league, quarterbacks are going to get theirs. But when you can run it on a team and physically dominate them and make them lose their will to want to go after you and play after play, this is what you see. That's the kind of football the Carolina Panthers played on Sunday. That's the kind of football that Steve Wilkes has brought back to Carolina. That's the kind of football that we were used to because we were always used to smash mouth football defensively and, of course, running the football. That's Carolina Panthers football. Steve Wilkes gets that. The last guy didn't get it. The last guy talked about having a smash-mouth football running game. Brought in Deontay Foreman and didn't want to run him on fourth and inches and third and inches and all that. Didn't want to do it. Wanted to throw the ball over the yard, Baker Mayfield. Congrats, Baker, for what happened to him on Thursday. Legitimately happy for him. Didn't see a second of it. Just saw on Twitter that Baker went out there, had a great game. Congrats to him. But that was not the formula here in Carolina to win football games. This what we've seen here with that defense, that running game, and not asking your quarterback to do too much. Just don't make a mistake. That's the formula. And that's what Steve Wilkes brought here to Carolina. Since taking over, 
in week six. He's four and four. So he's 500. And at that point in time, I got there and I talked to you all about how the today's problems are tomorrow's problems here in Carolina. He's still got the same roster. He's got to work out some issues. And the stack is that de- the stack was, you know, the deck was that whatever is stacked against him. The deck was stacked against him. There we go. There's the cliche. And that I had a hard time seeing Steve Wilkes being able to turn his football team around and actually be in position to get this job. And David Tepper said it at that press conference that Wilkes would have to do an incredible job to even be considered, not to be hired, to even be considered for the position as a full-time head coach here in Carolina. Well, after eight weeks and after watching this team play, working out the kinks in that first week against the Rams and trying to figure out what you want to do with your quarterback and then letting P.J. go out there and rip it, against Tampa and that dominating performance to having the embarrassment in Cincinnati where I thought, man, that's going to stick with David Tepper to how they bounce back on a short week on Thursday night football and getting revenge against the Falcons and being able to stop the run. And even in a bad performance by the offense against the Ravens, how they performed defensively and how they stopped the run that day and to see what they've done against Denver, who sucks, and they go on the road against Seattle. This is a completely different football team. This is a football team where you wonder – if Steve Wilkes gets the right support, if Steve Wilkes is handed a quarterback that can actually win you games and take you deep into the playoffs and hoist that Lombardi like David Tepper wants, you wonder what it looked like here in Carolina. Because right now, what, we, what they have here, this collection looks pretty damn good. And it's got me excited. I still think Steve Wilkes got to keep winning more games, man. Just keep winning games. Leave no doubt in that man's mind. Because David Tepper made it very clear he didn't want to hire Steve Wilkes. He made it very clear that day that I'm not really interested in hiring this guy. I'm just going to put him here. Charlotte, dude, I respect him as a man, but I'm really, I don't really want to hire him. But if Steve Wilkes keeps winning games and they get to the playoffs and the team is playing the way they're playing and they're fighting their asses off for him, it's really hard for me to understand how David Tepper wouldn't want this man to be his head coach because who out there is going to get the same performance out of these guys? Someone might be a, fr- a flashy offense. Are they going to be as physical up front like they are right now? Is that, is that philosophy still going to come from a new coaching staff? Is that new coaching staff going to truly understand the foundation of his organization and what keep pounding means? Because we already had you, David Sapper, and your guy who you hired try to wash all that away. I've heard the fan complaints about the whole keep pounding chant at the stadium. I, we've seen it all. They try to wash it away, try to do a rebrand. But the foundation of this Panthers team is keep pounding. It's everything that we've seen over the last weeks under Steve Wilkes. So I'm looking at it, and it feels pretty damn obvious to me that this man's a leader of men, and this guy absolutely deserves a chance to be a head coach in the National Football League again, and I would hope it'd be here in Carolina. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. I still believe he's going to have to win more games to make sure that David Tepper has to hire him because if Tepper doesn't hire him after what we've seen, the man's a fool. He's also going to get his ass sued. Steve Wilkes is earning this job. Absolutely is earning this job. He's still got four more weeks. They can't collapse because, you know, if they lose four straight, then obviously at four and eight, can't give the guy the job. But it keeps trending the way that it looks like it's going to trend. And you, and you take care of Pittsburgh on Sunday, and you beat Detroit after that, and you go on the road and win, and you're nine and eight, you're division champs. How can he not get the job? Now, I've said to y'all, too, about their playoff hopes. For me to really buy in, because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. But we know how this team is. We know what they do. Show up on Sunday and beat Pittsburgh. Take care of a bad football team. Do that. And there's no reason not to believe this team can win this division. And I know right now people are probably already there. They got to come back, handle all the people, hyping them up, because I know it's going to happen. 
on ESPN. They're going to start talking about this team. They're already talking about it on Fox afterwards. They're going to talk about it on Good Morning Football. Say, hi, hey, look at what Steve Wilkes is doing. Look at this team. You got to handle the prosperity. Go out there and beat a bad Pittsburgh Steelers team on Sunday where they're probably going to have a bunch of those terrible towels and all these ginsers up in our city. Go do that. Continue to play the way you played, and this division should be yours. But Steve Wilkes, man, what a hell of a job he's done because that is a t- different team than the one he took over about eight, nine weeks ago. All right, so that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every Panthers game. Like today, I go live there. If you ever miss a live episode, it's okay. You can always check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council or every single Friday, unless it's a holiday, I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me there over on Twitter. Send in the mailbag questions. Need way more than I got last week. Send those in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday where we'll continue to break down the Carolina Panthers win. And if this team can indeed win out, and be NFC South Division champs for the first time since 2015. Until then, I'll talk to you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.